Hi, welcome to Here to Then, hosted by Carolyn Takeda, former attorney, current small groups pastor, and life coach. Through monthly conversations with pastors, authors, and guests, we hope to stir your thoughts and encourage you to move from where you are to where you want to be, in your personal life, in your leadership, or in your ministry. Welcome to Group Talk. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Carolyn Takeda, your host for the podcast and the small groups pastor at Calvary Community Church in Westlake Village, California. Well, have you ever gotten a question from a small group leader? Hey, what should we study? What curriculum would be good for our group? I think this is probably one of the top five questions that we as ministry point leaders get from our volunteers. Well, there's one option that's been rapidly growing in popularity in all kinds of churches, and this is the sermon-based model. And though some churches have been doing this for decades and a long time, it really wasn't, I think, about 10 years ago that it really started to take off and become very popular. And a big reason for that is this book called Sticky Church that came out in 2008. Um, that was written by Larry Osborne, who's a senior pastor of North Coast Church in San Diego County, California. And this book was hugely influential in making sermon-based groups popular because Larry claimed that when you use this material, that it's one of the best ways to help people stick, uh, meaning that you can close the back door of your church and grow people deeply in discipleship through this method. And so as this model made its way through the small group world, um, it's become really popular and one that continues to grow. And on our Facebook page, we get questions around this quite a bit. Um, so today we're going to unpack what the sermon-based model is, figure out answers to what it is, why um, it's beneficial, maybe some weaknesses, and then also, most importantly, the nuts and bolts. Um, how do you even do this? And how do you transition? And what does this entail? Um, so for this conversation, we found the expert of experts on this topic, and I'm so excited to have on the program today, Dave Entz. He's the growth, uh, growth group pastor at North Coast. You've got like a couple different titles. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and one of the architects of the sermon-based model there, and he's been doing that for 30-plus years. So, Dave, thank you so much for being on the program. Great. Good to have you here, Carolyn. Good to be with you. Well, here's a little bit about Dave. Um, Dave has been on staff at North Coast Church, which is known affectionately as the Sticky Church. <laughs> That's how I heard it referred to that way uh, in conferences. You know, the Sticky Church. Um, since 1990, and he's the lead pastor of their small groups ministry. So he oversees a team of 25 staff. 1,500 lay leaders and over 7,000 who attend their home groups. And under Dave's leadership, North Coast remains well known for maintaining over 80% of adult participation in weekly home groups. And he's also played an integral role in helping this church grow from 700 to now over 12,000 weekend attendees. So he's been doing um, the sermon-based model when it was small and now when it's uh, become a large mega church, um, these experiences, of course, have given him a wealth of practical knowledge and success in adapting the ministry strategy for growth. And they've also made his coaching and training relevant um, for small group leaders and veteran leaders around the country, no matter what size or type of ministry. And this is true. I've heard you talk on this topic, heard you write on this topic. And so now I get my turn to ask you um, <laughs> questions on this topic. So Dave, let's start off here. For our listeners who may not be familiar with the sermon-based curriculum model, can you describe what it is and what the basic um, aspects of it are? That's a great question, Carolyn. Um, it's basically what we would call a lecture lab model. And so you hear the sermon on the weekends, and that's what... Uh, the teaching is done and all that goes on that, and then the groups meet that week, and basically what they're doing is is now like as you would do in lab work, you take and you begin to discuss the sermon further, um, begin to dig deeper into different aspects, and talk about what in the world was said, why was it said, did that really make any sense, and how do I live it out? And uh, 
So that's kind of the whole idea behind it. And the beauty of it is, is uh, it helps people remember a weekend message. And I yes. think that's kind of the purpose of the guy person uh, preaching the sermon, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think if they knew how little got retained, I mean, what social science tells us, how little we retain um, yes. of anything we hear by midweek, you know, without that reinforcement, probably most people would forget it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, usually we can't remember what we did yesterday, let alone the sermon we heard two days ago, three days ago, or that morning. And right. so uh, it's uh, it's just been a great model uh, over the years that we've seen here. So what are some advantages? Um, we just talked about the educational aspect of it for retention, for learning. What are some other advantages of having sermon-based curriculum in groups? Well, I think, you know, uh, obviously the retention is the big piece. That's why you're teaching. You don't you don't teach to forget. You teach to help <laughs> people remember. But one of the things that we talk to about uh, ministries that are considering that is um, what if people each week talked about uh, the sermon they heard to one another? What if they actually studied it further and um opened up their Bibles and studied it further that week. And what if I said, I could almost guarantee you that's going to happen um, with your people. And I think most people would go, that's a huge thumbs up. I mean, if we can get people opening up their Bibles um, or now like, clicking it on, right? Right, right. The app. <laughs> that's how it works. But if they actually can do that, because I don't know any believer, follower of Jesus that doesn't want to read their Bible and that doesn't want to really discuss a sermon further or a teaching, but they just don't. And, um, and so, yeah, there's some do, but that's usually the exception. So what we have found is this, this model really not only helps drive the content of the weekend, but helps some essential health, uh, health, spiritual, health, uh, spiritual disciplines that they need, you know, getting into God's word. Um, and, but also learning from one another in the midst of that and not just the master teacher. This is, yeah, this is true. And how have you seen it affect leadership retention um, or leadership recruitment? Is it easier to get leaders because you're doing the sermon stuff? Yeah, 100%, because we're not recruiting teachers for those small groups, which in reality is if you're doing a small group, you don't really want a teacher. You want sure. a more of a facilitator. Right. And so it really frees them up. We'll have people say, <clears throat> oh, I don't know the Bible well enough to lead this group. And we'll say, well, don't worry, we're going to help you out with that. That's um, that's where we even offer a leader's guide. And we've done that right from the beginning. Also, a little 10 to 15 minute leader's guide, audio written type thing that uh, all of our leaders get also. That's nice. You know, we've been doing at our church, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the sermon-based groups um, for almost as I, when I started um, like 10 plus years ago. And I think it's probably one of the most effective things that we put into place. And one of the th reasons is, and you probably can speak to this, is um, it helped a lot with alignment with the greater vision and purpose of the church because we figure, okay, the senior pastor um, who does primarily all the teaching at our our environment, um, he has been instructed by God to figure out what it is our congregation yeah. needs. And then before, the small groups would all go off and study different things, which would complement or not complement or just a different season or a different topic. Um, but having, you know, having the sermon-based material as an option gave those groups a chance to kind of align more closely with what was being taught from the platform. Um, and that just really helped small groups ministry itself become more central to what was happening in the church greater. Does that make sense? Carolyn, it makes total sense. When I came here to North Coast 27 years ago, I came on as initially as a youth pastor, and I wasn't waking up thinking about sermon-based groups. <laughs> I was waking up thinking about how do I be the most incredible youth pastor. 
And I remember I went to a men's retreat that first year, and I've, I've grown up in the church. I've been in many different churches and seen some great things happen and other ones struggle. And But uh, I, I experienced something at that men's retreat that I had didn't realize, and it, there was the unity mm. that was going on. And I didn't, you know, I, at first I didn't realize what it was, but it's exactly what you were talking about. It was that the, all these people were, they were all different. They weren't, um, they were unified. They weren't uh, uniform, but there right. was unity within the vision. And it was amazing uh, how that worked across the board. And we have seen that. I still see that today. You know, we have our multi-campuses, multi-venues and all that. They're all, there's so much different. There's not conformity, but there's amazing unity, um, a vision and uh, just kind of what's going on and really helping each other uh, working through whatever that topic de jour is of that, that week. Right. I think especially as churches get bigger, it really does create a common language um, that's harder to get, especially with multi-site and all the other um, complications. And that seems to really help with that. Now, what about if you haven't, um, don't have people that have gone to the service or have heard the message that week? Is that awkward in the groups to be talking (laughs) about something that they didn't go to? Or does that kind of prompt people to attend more? Or what have you guys seen? Well, that's that's great. It, well, what it does is it prompts them to make sure they listen to it online if they miss. <laughs> okay. And so, um, and that's what we have found. It, it, it creates that I need to hear the message idea. So what we've found is it really helps them listen more and not less because um, they know they need to know what's going on. Um, even when we did our child care workers, we'll do two weeks on, two weeks off. Back in the day when we first did it, we're a one service church, so we have many services but we knew those people were only going to serve at one service. We would give them a cassette tape back then. Right. Um, wow, now you're really dating yourself. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry. You know, now it's all online. They just click and listen. But um, but we, we realized that they still wanted to listen. And what was amazing is that how many of those little cassette tapes, and we gave them to them for free, were gone at mm-hmm. the end of that service because we knew they were going to their group and they needed to listen to it. So, it's, it's again, it's really helped people focus. That's great. All right. Yeah. So what might be some of the weaknesses of using this sermon based model? Well, I think I think one of them would be is if, um, you know, there could be a variety issue mm-hmm. that goes on and that, hey, we need to have something different. Um, and uh, and so once in a while, and, and I, I want to make sure you hear this, because I'm going to give an exception and people are like, oh, that's what they do all the time. <laughs> it, it's very rare because here's what we have seen is like, we'll give our leaders the opportunity to say, well, if they start a group, they go, oh, we want to do a book study. We're like, no, 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 you need to do at least a quarter. And we're in a quarter system. We meet fall, fall, winter, spring, and then we take the summers off. We say, well, you lead, do at least a quarter of the sermon based thing. And then you can think about doing another topic for another quarter. And so what we have found is they oftentimes, one, we want them to understand why we're doing what we're doing. But when they get to that next study is, is again, how does that next study work? Well, that assumes people are going to read, that they're readers and that right. they're studiers. And now that's a different kind of leader. That's not the kind of leader. And, and oftentimes they want to become the teacher. Right. And we're not looking for, I mean, obviously teaching happens, but we're looking for connection. That's the, the, the goal of our sermon-based groups is to gather together with other people that you might put God's word into action and care and love on each other and not just drive a topic. 
And so a specific topic. But again, groups will do that at times and they'll switch. Here's what we'll also tell them. They'll go, hey, I've got a great book that I want to do, some book that someone's written, a Christian leader book or, or another study. I'll say pick four chapters out. Uh, don't do the 12 chapters that the publisher oh, yeah. requires. <laughs> and in, there's a couple reasons why. Is One is very few, we have found very few groups to be successful to finish a whole book. The leader might be motivated, but it's very, very rare that the people are that motivated to read. It just it, we've seen it over the right, years, right. and um, and also the questions for most books aren't written well for small groups. Sure, they don't cause interaction. They cause knowledge knowledge responses, but not interaction and application um, that's that fits the group. And so, and also if they've got a great sermon uh, topic they want to hit on, they can cancel it and not go to it. And I've had leaders time and again say, I'm so glad you told us to only, actually, I usually say three chapters because four is a lot <laughs> because you can add more. Sure. But if you say we're going to do the whole book, most people, let's be honest, most are going to be, a, it's going to be a fail. Yeah. And, and uh, and we don't like our leaders to fail. We want them to win. And so that's what we really feel like this way really helps wins, helps people do their study, you know, study God's word, begin to dive into it and uh, succeed in that way. Yeah, that's a really good caution, too. I think uh, we kind of do the similar thing. Um, new groups start out with the sermon-based material, um, and our launch usually has a video with it. But then afterwards, um, we say you can choose something different if you'd like, and probably about half continue on with sermon-based, um, whereas other people will go jump on and off. Uh, but I really, I've never thought about telling them just pick three, um, three chapters or, you know, uh, three pieces of the video, because that's actually really helpful, because they do kind of run out of steam along the way. And life gets busy and whatnot. Um, okay, let's think about some other weaknesses. And this one's a little delicate, but um, sure. I think we can handle it. So, oh yeah, go what for if, it. Okay, so what if the teaching pastor, whoever that person may be, um, isn't necessarily the best um, with the content? So then you're creating content based on maybe not the most. Uh, deep or meaningful content. So then the criticism could be that it's too dependent on the capa uh, capability of the teaching pastor to deliver something that you actually have meat to chew on. Um, what if it's too superficial or what if it's I, I, whatever it might be that it doesn't totally. necessarily, I mean, Osborne seems awesome and you guys can <laughs> do that. And um, I yes, have plenty totally. of stuff to work off of for mine. But I, I have heard this, that they, they wonder if, you know, if you have a certain kind of a teaching style or, um, you know, or pastor, that, that can be a challenge. Yes, totally. Well, I, the, again, a couple things on that. One is I think it can make someone's gifts actually better if you're a good writer. Um, in, in other words, let's just, yeah, and this, this is true. We've got all kinds, God uses all shapes and sizes and <laughs> gifts and abilities. Amen. Right. And, and yet is the sermon is like, oh, I don't want to talk about that sermon again. It was completely boring. Right. And, right. and that's, that's what, that's, that's the delicate let's just piece. Say it, let's just say it. What let's it is. call it like it is here. <laughs> and, um, so that puts a lot on the writer. And so I think it still can make them better, but that's where you're going to have to work hard in, in, Writing the questions, they're not just Bible study questions, they're interaction questions. And as a, as a writer, you can take people in places that they didn't go on the sermon and um, uh, begin to go into topics or how you set it up. I mean, our, our way we set it up, it's the my story questions are interacting on life. And then you're interacting on you know your view of your personal life and also how it relates to the topic. And then that digging deeper piece. 
and then the application piece. And so in reality is you could throw some stories out there that can motivate conversation. You could add video to it. I mean, there's a number of different ways that you could spice it up um, and help your uh, teaching pastor um, messages even be better and stronger in the sense of application. I think the question would be is what's going to motivate your people to group, go into groups mm. is really the key question. And so if your pastor isn't motivate, you know, there's a couple other questions there is, you know, what's getting your people to sign up for groups and what's getting them to dive into God's word. Um, and, and, but not just to study God's word because that's not the goal. Right. It is not the goal. The goal is to follow Jesus and live that faith out, right? And right. so, um, so yeah, I mean, I've done a lot of trickery and questions over the years <laughs> to be, I mean, that in a positive way. Right. Um, but they can really make okay stuff. I mean, I've done plenty of camps where the speaker is okay, but your questions make that sure. message sing. Yeah. Um, relationally. So. Right. And I think I, I think you're dead on on that. Um, it does make it more challenging. But, you know, the other cool thing is when you sit around and maybe, you know, that day um, you were kind of closed off, you were distracted. But then when you sit with your the group leader in the week and they're like, oh, my gosh, this nugget really spoke to me. And you're like, really? That, that was good. Yeah. Like, and it, and that just is such a, a humble thing, but also you learn from each other that way. Um, even off of a so-so message, I, I just think God just uses, uses it and the community piece. Um, really, as you're saying, I mean, that ends up shaping the message to be better probably, um, than it might have been just on paper. Yeah. 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 And I've, and I've led two groups at the time, not simultaneously, but one night, the next <laughs> night, it's great. Same questions written yes. to the same people and the different highlights that come out to it. That, that alone is just an amazing uh, case study to watch uh, how, you know, different parts of the sermon, different questions uh, strike people. Sure. That's the Holy Spirit um, yep. in spite of us. <laughs> um, okay, so, Dave, let's talk logistics, nuts and bolts. So walk us through this process um, of how do you develop it. So first off, how far in advance would you need to know the topic and the points to even make this model work? Well, I wish it could be called far in advance, but that doesn't exist at North Coast. And or so, at most churches. Yeah, and I, that's exactly what I was going to say. Everybody thinks, oh, my pastor doesn't prepare ahead of time. Most pastors don't. I mean, in the sense of they don't have the time or it's not right. their style or personality. And I know pastors that in ministries that have their sermons planned out months in advance and they're working on all the topics and their small group uh, writers are writing, you know, weeks and months in advance. This and is I'm my like, fantasy wow, land you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know who those people are. Um but uh, but it, it happens, and that does that that can work, obviously. But that's not real reality for most. You know, we get a we get an idea of what the sermon is in on Tuesday morning, and so kind of what I tell people that are thinking about developing is try to set a time that you meet with your lead pastor, and you might be saying, "Well, our guy doesn't know what the sermon is on Tuesday morning. Neither does ours." And so. Um, we have what we call a sermon prep meeting. That started with just a few of us way back in the day. Now it's a larger group of our youth pastors and people, a number of people. It's an open meeting. People are involved in it. But from that meeting, we walk out with an idea of what the sermon is on and sometimes points. Okay. And so, and that's an idea. And so off we go to write the questions. And uh, come Thursday afternoon at 3 o'clock, we need to be done with those questions. Wow. And, yeah. Groups, you need to be done prior to the weekend. 
prior to the weekend because we want all of our people to have those questions in their hands on the weekend. Okay. Um, you know, just kind of the educational model, if you look at sure. it, how do people learn? There's the auditory, there's the visual, there's the writing. I mean, if we, the more things you can use to, ed, you know, to get people to right. retain, the better, right? If we can get, and that's what Sermon Base helps people take notes of the sermon, because mm -hmm. the, the, the huge question that we ask every week is, what one, is there anything particular that you knew you learned, stood out to you, or confused you from this week's message? That's the generic question every week that we ask. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, um, so that allows people to engage in that, but also they see right there that morning or that evening, whenever they're meeting, those questions that are going to be talking about, which helps the person that goes, what in the world is going to go on in those groups, and would I really ever want to really join one of those? Because it's kind of freaky to join a group if you've never <laughs> been in one. It's like, right. going to go be a bunch of Christian freaks. What's going to happen? Are we going to cry and hold hands, or what's happening? And so... Um, and so it really helps uh, people understand in that way. So we go off to write those questions. We've got to be done by 3 o'clock on Thursday to get them printed up for the weekend. I know ministries that will write the questions after the sermon on Sunday, and they get them out and send them online to their people. Um, you can go online and do that. I, and if that's the only way you can do it, I say go for it. Make it happen. Um, it's great to get it ahead of time, and if that's at all possible. And I know in many cases it's not. But know that we don't um, we don't have a great topic, uh, or we don't have all the details of the sermon. And we really learn to dance with our pastor's style because we've got mul we've got uh, two or three different teaching pastors, right? And so, like Larry has his way, Chris Brown has their other one. He has his way, and we learn how to interact with him throughout the week during that. Hey, if I go this direction, um, does this make sense? And he'll say no, I'm going to go that way, or oh yes, or I'll stay away from that so we're not just um, stepping on each other. We're, we're, and again, our goal of our question is to expand the mm -hmm. topics or right. to d deeper into it. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Um, and that's how you would address the spectrum of spiritual maturity, right? Because in the groups, you're going to have the whole range. Um, and so how do you address the range? Yeah, and that's that's a great question. Well, we, we write, and there's no, again, there's magic, there's nothing that came to us to need to write three or four or five, but we try to write at least three digging deeper questions on different topics, because each group, because again, we're writing for 7,000 people, so different topics are gonna, gonna, going to pop, but we write the homework in such a way you can do it in 10 minutes or 30 minutes, hmm. and, and because most people don't read a whole lot <laughs> after uh, they're done with their education. And we'd love to say, yes, that's true, or they should, but it's, and, you know, many people don't even read well. And, and we feel like if somebody can get this done in 10 minutes, it's a win. Sure. To really dig in, I think it's a 20 to 30 minute exercise to get out of it what you want. I'll have people say, well, I need to get more out of my, um, uh, more out of this than you guys are offering. I'm saying, that's a great question. Let's talk about what you mean. They want to get deeper, right? Isn't that right, the word right, they use? Right. And I always ask them, what do they mean by deeper? And then I get about a hundred different responses sure. of what that means. And what a lot of times they're telling me is they want to be spoon. They say they don't want to be spoon fed, but they're asking to be spoon fed. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, okay. So I, so, but again, we train our leaders at our new leader training. We're saying, Hey, if someone doesn't know how to get something out of these questions, Meet with them, go have coffee with them, and go over the questions with them and show them how they can dig deeper into it. We've got all kinds of extra um, scripture references in the sermon. We say talk about cross-referencing. I know people that will spend two hours 
preparing and studying the homework, not because they're slow, but because they're brainiacs. Yeah, they enjoy it. Yeah. And so we start. And so to me, as soon as someone says, I'm not getting something out of it, it's a golden moment to help them to begin to self feed and next level type stuff. That's good. So we talk to our leaders and training about that um, with that, you know, in that direction. So, so. We've also don't do really do new Christian groups. We don't because um, new believer groups, because what we have found is why would I put a bunch of babies together? I would rather <laughs> put them with other people um, that they're going to grow from, from. And so our groups are what we would call stage in life. I know this is off the sermon topic a bit, but it ties in with that idea is that um, the sermon base makes the questions look simple and not frightening and that they don't have to do a big study. We've all heard the same thing right. and then they read those questions. It's the stage of life how most people connect because yes. most people want to be pe with people like themselves. And so we have just found that to be, uh, um, you know, again, people say, I want to be in a group with not a bunch of, you know, longtime Christians. And we'll look around and we'll go, well, how about this? And, and they'll go, wait, that makes sense because they're really looking for someone like themselves. So. Yeah, no, I think, and the nice thing with sermon based is it really does kind of go across all the different stages. I mean, yeah, we have young adults um, doing it. We've got yep. high schoolers. I mean, it really is very, very adaptable that way. Yep. Um, so who's writing these questions, Dave? Are you, you, your team on staff, or do you have volunteer leaders, or how do you yeah, yeah, do that? Yeah, great question. So I'm the lead writer. Um, again, there's a number of ways you can de uh, dice and slice it. And uh, there's actually a team of us of three that write. Uh, now we take turns from week to week. They're all staff? Um, we're all on staff. Okay. But you don't have to be on staff. Um, it's been our model that we've set up that helps us kind of stay in sync the most uh, for us is what we have found. And um, for years, it was one person writing over and over again. And then as we have... Um, over the years, we've found that having a couple different people helps bring different perspectives sure, to it. Sure, It's also the hardest thing I do every week. <laughs> you know, um, I'm, I'm writing, I'm teaching to um, 7,000 people every week I write. And yes. that's not a small deal. You know, we take it super serious and how that's going to engage. Uh, you know, it's dependent on how we write those questions is whether they're going to engage and really discuss uh, those things. So, well, of course, we've got editors and proofers and those those type of things. But for years, it was one person writing and another person doing the proofread and off it goes to the printer. And and there we go. So, well, I think, yeah, it helps if um, you or someone or our listeners, if you are a writer type person and enjoy communicating that way. Um, but if you are not, and that's not a strength for you, I, I want to encourage our listeners that you there's people in your church that that is a strength for them or other people on staff that would enjoy um, doing that. So I used to write it myself for years and years. And then, um, and because we don't write in advance, I write, uh, we write while we're sitting in the service. And thankfully, we now have a Saturday night service, so you can write yes, a Saturday awesome. night. Yeah. Um, and then we send it out via email and our, our um, you know, online on Sunday afternoon. But um, that seems to work well for us, and then it's tied closer to the message. Um, but at the same time, I, having a team has been really helpful for the, exactly the reason you pointed out, Dave, that it gives different perspectives. So I still edit it. 
Um, and I, we have a template that they use, like you guys have a, a format. Yeah. But um, I've added in the last few years, it's been really sweet to have different people from different walks of life um, that are doing it. And I just tell them, you know, I'm going to take a red ink to it because they have to fit across our congregation. And yes. um, my seat on the bus gives me a really good eye view of the congregation who's sitting in the groups, whereas um, some of our writers wouldn't have that perspective. They know their group um, as well. And so that's been an interesting coaching experience to, to educate. But um, I think the benefit of it is, one, you're not the one doing all the work. And if you know, you're know you managing a lot of other roles, roles in your church, the weekly writing thing, I agree with you. It's hard. So, yes. um, and it, it does take time to do it well. And so I think if you need help with that um, and writing is not your strength, then you should really feel free to, to ask yeah. um, someone else, um, either on staff or you know a trusted uh, more spiritually wise, you know, spiritually mature leader, maybe an elder, maybe one of the leaders to do it. I wouldn't entrust it to someone who doesn't understand, um, you know, enough about not just okay. the Bible, but also about your church culture um, and your vision and kind of all of those pieces. Because it's it's not another platform to just preach at people. It really is about helping them facilitate community. It really is. And, and Carol, I want to add to that is um, I am not grammatically the best writer. I love to write. Um, it's a lot of hard work for me, and I'm really good at writing questions that engage people. Other guys on my team are better grammatically. Mm-hmm. Um, so just as you're speaking to that, um, <laughs> but I am the editor, big editor, on the sense of, hey, wait a minute, that's not going to create discussion. Sure. Um, and um, so again, and we've got great, great editors and proofers that really help with that. And so again, just kind of a word to people yeah. to write. It could take a team. All right, so um, I want to ask you, okay, if uh, our listeners have not used this model before, um, are eager to experiment with it or try it out? So, Dave, what would you say are, like, the first three steps that you recommend if um, it's a church that's starting the sermon-based model for the first time or transitioning into a sermon-based model? Let me mention a couple things just about writing questions first, and then if we can Mm -hmm. jump into that. Is that okay? Sure, sure. So there's a couple things just like even when you're writing questions, just a couple pitfalls or things that because the, the way you write questions, um, people say, oh, we did sermon based and it didn't work well. And one of the first things I ask them is send me your questions. And because how we write them makes a big difference. You're talking about you put the red to it. Well, that's a little bit what you're doing, right? Right. And so it just a couple one is make it don't make it too long. Allow the average Joe or Jane to read it, uh, be able to do it, which I was I hit on that already. The 10 to 30 minutes type Mm -hmm. deal. Also, be careful of too many open ended questions. And what I mean by that is, hey, what do you um, what would you say this verse says, which is a seems like a normal question. Um, (laughs) Open that box. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, that's fine. Um, and so, but they're the kind of questions that force people to answer and, but we'll oftentimes change it and say, Hey, do you have any, uh, response to this statement? If so, explain. And we allow them to say yes and no. And because what we found is that open-ended questions, if you can't answer an open-ended question, you're going to feel dumb or you're going to lie. And we want to allow people, I'm a Christian ed major from back in the day, and I was taught never do that. And what we found was actually that allowing someone to say yes and no really helps the safety of a group. So that would be another thing. And then watch out for the idiot questions. What does this verse say about loving your enemies? It's like one answer. There's no discussion out of that question. Whereas it's like, hey, how does what this verse say about your enemies apply for how you would treat people at work? Sure, sure. So, you know, and then the homework. 
Yeah, I was going to say, you know, actually, um, there's a great resource in smallgroups.com that you write for, and I write for on occasion, but there's a great resource called um, small, uh, Sermon-Based Curriculum, and there's samples of how to write questions. I think Larry Osborne actually wrote the article on how to write questions. <laughs> he literally he did it. And then you you talked more about this. So um, for our listeners, if you want to know more about how to write good questions, those two articles are actually really helpful. Um, right. And I'm sure there's other stuff as well, but yeah, that, that really helps. So you need to make sure you have a writer on board that can um, evoke those kinds of questions. That's a good first step. <laughs> yep. So the other big thing, you know, like you're saying, what's your first step? And people say, oh, we want to go to sermon-based. And I say, well, start small. Start with a few groups. Don't go all the way across the board. And get and talk to people and say, find your three groups or four groups and go, hey, I want to test run sermon-based groups. And so you can practice doing it and then, you know, practice it for three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, whatever it is, and then pull them back in and see, okay, how did we do? Um, what do we need to sharpen? What resources do we need to bring to the table to be able to help be successful at that? That's, 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 it, that's what we say. Start small and make it a test project so you can bail out if it doesn't work. <laughs> That, that's a great step for pretty much across the board. That's like small group ministry, you know, gold. <laughs> Amen. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what are some other other steps? I, I think I would imagine one of them would be to get senior leadership buy-in. Okay. Yeah. You mean you're talking about bringing the idea to the table? Yeah. 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 And that's where I, yeah, you come to the senior leadership and, you know, our big thing is, is what do you want to accomplish by your groups? And that's where I tell, talk to them. I says, imagine people discussing your sermon every week. Imagine people <laughs> studying the Bible further through. Would you like to see that happen? It's kind of an easy sale. <laughs> I don't know any senior pastor is going to, or teaching pastor is going to say no to that. True. And so, well, this is what sermon based, sermon-based groups do. And they'll say, well, I, how does that mean how early I have to have my sermon done? Because you don't have to have your sermon done early. I just want an idea. Mm-hmm. And that helps them warm up to it because you got to work with your teaching past because that's their first pushback. Sure. They're going to think they need to have information to you earlier than they're ready to have it to you. Right. And, and go, well, we'll work with you on that. And um, that, so that's the first big piece. And then, you know, find a group of, like I was saying, to find a group of people that'll buy in with you and to launch it. And how about a delivery system? Yeah. So, again, a couple different ways you can deliver. As I mentioned, for us, we print ours ahead of time. Um, you can put it on. And our, all of our stuff is online also. And then... Um, and then also you can deliver it afterwards through email or posting it after the weekend. It sounds like that's what you guys yes. do there at your, at your right. church. And so that, those are all effective and possible ways to do that. One of the things, the other key piece that we have done, and this is why I say do this test group ahead of time, is create a leader's guide. Hmm. And um, who, again, we do this from day one, and it's a 10 to 15 minute audio of how um, it's really whoever the writer is, how they would lead the group that week. So you make it every week? Every week. Wow, yeah. okay. You can you can go on. There's no password for it. You can go online and listen to it right now on ours if you want to. What's the website uh, for that? It's northcoastchurch.com. Click on our growth groups and then uh, click on leader's guide and you'll see uh, our leader's tools and then you'll see uh, our leader's guides there. So And you can add that to the the uh yes. the webs the information we they need so <laughs> um 
So we that to us is one of the gold pieces because when we write questions, and this is this is a key one, when we write questions, they sometimes are not very good questions. So I just want to be really real. Sure. Is like we've got these principles of how we they should be written, and then that's but then there is how right. they're written. Because we have this time frame, it's like how are we gonna do that? Well, that leader's guide oftentimes can fix bad questions mm-hmm. or it can help go, hey, this topic is gonna come up with this, here's a way to handle it, here's a way to stay away from it. And we also, in that guide, try to add two or three extra passages of Scripture cross-references that aren't listed in the curriculum that they're getting. Um, what does that do? It helps our leaders look smart, biblically literate. So that's and a win. <laughs> it's a total win. And I've heard other guys go, they'll put 20. One of the guys came and we go, hey, our pastor's putting 20 verses on there. What do you think of that? Oh extra verses for leaders. I go, that's not good. Yeah. I go, because they're not... It, I go, they're not going to know which one to pick. They just want a few. And uh, the senior pastor that we were talking with, there, just his mouth opened. He's like, I never thought of that. And I'm like, yeah, we, you want to keep it simple and uh, easy for your leaders to have success. So I'm, wow, so I'm intrigued by that. I haven't heard of that before. So you guys provide that via video and the writer provides it? Yeah, so it's actually not video. It's only audio because okay. remember on video, we always have to look good, whereas yes. audio, we just have to sound good, not and look good. <laughs> Which is why group talk is audio only. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. For my benefit, not yours, Dave. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. That's completely wrong. But anyway, um, so uh, yeah, so we we provide that resource. It's an, it's an audio. When I first came into this role, which was 14 years ago, I've been doing groups since day one here. Um, but the, uh, 14 years ago, I came into this role and I was looking at this leader's guide and I actually asked a couple leaders, I said, you know, how important is this audio? And this is a smart leader, knows, got the word well, biblically literate, knows how to lead. And I, I said, if we quit doing this, what would you do? And he said, I'd quit. Wow. And I said, what? Why would you quit? You don't need this. He goes, you're right. I don't need this but I do need it. And I go, what do you mean? He says, you know me and you know most of your leaders. They're busy people and I need a tickler file to help me orient when I'm doing it. And that's what the leader's guide does for me. Wow. And at that moment, I said, we will never stop doing it. And at that point, there was only about 30%. It was kind of that transition from the cassette tape to the CD, <laughs> listening to it. And we were only doing audio and because the, the usership was really high. So then I, I thought, well, I wonder what would happen if we just do it an abbreviated version in a Word doc or PDF and we posted it. Hmm. Why well, did that? Our usership went from 30% to 70% of wow. our leaders accessing that and we don't require them to do it but we offer it to them and whenever a leader calls and asks hey i have an issue or how did this question go or what did you my first question is did you listen to the leaders (laughs) because it's almost always addressed there and and so you can get a podcast pdf word doc that's uh, great oh and so again five different ways and that we just found that to be a that to us is the gold piece. So when I'm talking about testing your groups is learn how to do that. And people are like, well, we don't have a mega sound system or recording <laughs> studio. Neither do we. Um, I am making this on my computer and the app is called and it is Audacity. It works on Mac and it works on PC. Nice. It's free. And if you listen to it, Carolyn, you're going to go, Really? That's it. And and we got a little nice little intro thing that we made, you know, that plays music and makes it sound cool. It's, 
It's really simple to do. But I love how it equips um, our leaders. I I think the sermon guide, too, it's interesting that um, people just really do respond to it because it is their, it's, it's their teaching. They feel connected. It's part of their community. I think there's just a lot of wins. And I run over time, so um, I'm just going to need to wrap this up. This is, I think, hopefully really helpful for people. So final thoughts, Dave, before um, we sign off. My final thoughts, um, God's Word is alive, and it comes alive when it's lived out in relationship with people. And I don't think most people need to hear another Bible study. They just need to work through what they've already heard. And uh, that's what groups do. And uh, it's not about getting the Bible into people. It's about helping people follow Jesus, which is part of getting the Bible into them. But that's what it's about, teaming them together to live out God's Word. And this is a really great tool with which to do that. Um, you know, Dave is part of the Southern California Huddle for the Small Group Network, um, and you can follow him at um, D-A-V-E-E-N-N-S on Twitter. Uh, and he's coaching and training materials. A lot of that stuff is free, as he mentioned. Um, and there's also the, the new leader training um, that you can purchase on a North Coast website, uh, which I think is just northcoasttraining.org. Um, right? Yeah, that's our training. Or if you just go to northcoastchurch.com, you'll scale, you'll go down and you'll find our resources page too. Yeah, and It's so great how you guys are resourcing the bigger church, um, Big C. And you can also interact with Dave. He's part of our small group network um, Facebook page. So if you have some questions. And actually, you know, if you want to um, see some samples of sermon discussion guides, I bet if, if you posted a question on that Facebook page, I bet you'll get a bunch of responses. Um, I know people are so generous and supportive and they tend to like say, here's what I'm doing, here's what I'm doing. So I, you can probably see, I mean, you can see Dave's stuff um, pretty easily on North Coast, which I did. And then you can kind of, we, you know, we share all these things. So totally. if yeah. you ask for that on the Facebook page and you're intrigued by this, um, feel free to reach out because people are doing this in a lot of different ways. And I'm sure you'll find um, stuff that's useful for you. So Dave, thank you so much. God bless you and your ministry and your church. Thanks, Carolyn. You too. Sure appreciate all you're doing for the minute for God and the kingdom. My pleasure. Um, thank you all for listening to Group Talk. If you like what you hear, please leave us a rating on iTunes and that'll help other small group ministry leaders find us. So God bless and see you next time. Thank you for listening to Here to There, part of the Group Talk Network of Podcasts. If you like what you've heard, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. If you want to learn more, make sure you check out smallgroupnetwork.com for more resources.